LF podcast, where we're focused on fashion, fitness, and of course food. This podcast is all about bringing these three parts of your life together to help you get the most out of your passions. We're here to help you look your best, feel great, and also indulge in some maybe not so hidden temptations. <laughs> we are by no means experts in any of these fields, but we do hope to bring people to the show who know what they're talking about and can help you with some of these aspects of your life. You only live once, so why not live a life worth living? On the show today, we have Sarah Cochran, owner, founder of Ice Cream Girl Co. Sarah has loved eating and making ice cream for as long as she can remember. She remembers going to a local ice cream shop at 12 years old with her first resume to ask if she could shadow for the day to learn how they could make ice cream. Later on, her first job in her hometown of Vail, Colorado was scooping ice cream after school. Since then, she studied hospitality administration at Cornell University and now has since moved to Chicago, Illinois. After graduating, she worked for Stephanie Izzard at Girl and the Goat, Little Goat Diner, and Duck Duck Goat, which is where the nickname Ice Cream Girl was born. She then took a year off to travel the world in search of crazy and unique flavors to make. Her favorite flavor of ice cream is chocolate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this very interesting conversation with Sarah Cochran of Ice Cream Girl Co. So today we're sitting down with Sarah Cochran of Ice Cream Girl Co. How are you today? Good. How are you? Uh, really good. Excited to be here in working spaces, having a glass of wine, let my hair down on a Ooh. Thursday night. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us what you do in one to two sentences. Yeah. So I sell a small batch handmade ice cream by the pint. Um, I have a, a three-ish this month. It's one flavor that changes, um, but usually there's about 10 to 15 flavors on the menu that are pretty static. Um, all your classics, chocolate and cookies and cream and stuff. Awesome. So how did you get into that? Were you just like a lover of ice cream growing up? You said, I'm going to make ice cream for the rest of my life. Yeah. So there's <laughs> like so many, I like kind of look back on my life and I'm like, wow, there's so many things that led up to this point that it all makes sense now. Um, but it's been a very like zigzaggy kind of path. So I did Stages, which is kind of like a working interview or a shadowing day um, in ice cream shops when I was like 10, 12. Oh, crazy. Um, uh, but I would say when it really started was working for Stephanie Izard, I kind of became the ice cream girl. Okay. And that was kind of where the nickname started, and I was making the ice cream for her restaurants. Which is which restaurants here in town? Um, so Girl in the Goat, Duck Duck Goat, and Little Goat, okay. which now she also has more than that, but mm -hmm. at the time it was those three. Um, and that was like 50% of my job, um, and it was a lot of ice cream because she does a lot of business, <laughs> which is great. And I just, gosh, I kind of really like immersed myself in that, got, you know, the juices flowing with flavors and whatnot. Um, but it's just, you know, fun. I really liked it and I wanted to keep doing more. Super fun. Yeah. So I think a lot of people are pretty familiar with what like a chef or someone in the front of the house does at a restaurant. Yeah. How does someone like you who have experienced doing ice cream for, I guess, three plus restaurants, mm -hmm. what are you doing? Are you just in the back of like one restaurant just scooping ice cream when it's, when it's called or like... How, what is your day-to-day -day like when you're doing that kind of yeah, work? Yeah, so the actual person making the ice cream, for me, I, and it totally depends on 
individual restaurants. Like, it's going to be different depending on how those set up. But for me, it was, I got in at 5 a.m. and started, um, you know, making the ice cream bases. And every other day, so one day would be making bases, the next day would be spinning the ice cream. Okay. Um, and then I would just put it in big, like, gallon containers. Um, and then when a dessert was rung in with that ice cream, usually at night because that's when people order ice yeah. cream, um, you know, that person working is kind of scooping it, plating it on the dessert okay. for, you know, a restaurant setting. You, It's usually, like, one scoop on a dessert. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, yeah, you it's... There's kind of like the production side of pastry, and then okay. there's the plating side of pastry. It's where you working in one restaurant's kitchen? Like, how yeah. did that work? So, okay. Little Goat at the time, which is now kind of Sugar Goat, and I don't know exactly all the details of that, yeah. but um, at the time, Little Goat Bakery was working as a kind of a commissary for both their bread and their ice cream. Okay. But then each restaurant had their own like pastry person okay. so I was making the ice cream and then I would bring over they would come and get the ice cream that they needed and the same with bread um, but everything else like all the toppings and the um, I don't know whatever else went yeah. on the ice cream was made in that individual restaurant so it's like a lot of pre-planning then so you kind of knew your schedule for, yeah. for what you're creating like days or weeks in advance kind of, yeah I mean it depended because the reservations and things and the pretty much always busy it was pretty like consistent um unless they had like a catering event or something that would need you know an extra gallon of ice cream but it was very large batches um like get huge pots Mm -hmm. that held like 15 gallons of milk and cream which still to this day i like i just loved that job (laughs) and how much i could make at one time and it was like can I fit another gallon in here and, like, not let it boil over and, like, all that stuff. Um, so it was just really fun. And now it's, like, so, like, it's so small. Mm-hmm. But it's also, I mean, it's just, it's almost challenging. It's, they both have their pros and cons. So I, I can see why you're passionate about it. So, like, um, people who know my family mm-hmm. know us as, like, the ice cream family. They'll come over and just see, like, gallons of ice cream in our freezer. Yeah. And then other gallons in our outside freezer, too. Like, mm-hmm. what is wrong with you? Like, we grew up, like, eating, like, tons of ice cream all the time. And at one point, my dad got an ice cream maker. He's like, this would be fun for all of us, right? Yeah. And what it turned into is we wanted to make ice cream. We had friends over. Uh-huh. But as uh, kids, me and my brother, we didn't want to make it. We want to watch our dad make it in his house when we made it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, like, we had an ice cream maker growing up, and it was literally a hand shown one. I don't know if he was this. this I think it was electrical, like the size of okay. like, a like, trash bin. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So this one was like every 15 minutes, you had to go to the freezer and do three turns. And that was, and it was so slow, and it was like never great consistency. But and also one time my dad used like egg yolks, but I can't remember if he cooked them too much or mm-hmm. didn't cook them at all or something. Yeah. But there was like scrambled eggs in it or something. And after <laughs> that, my mom was like, "You can't use any recipes with yolks or eggs." Because I think my dad was like, "Oh, it's gonna get frozen. We're not gonna cook them. That's yeah. we." Uh, that's weird, you know? And now it's like, no, Dad, that's a vital step in the process. 
this is the one thing about cooking and baking, or I guess I'm gonna classify like ice cream as baking, is like people a lot of times cooking, like dash of this, dash of that, whatever, mm-hmm. figure it out. Yeah. And then like baking or like ice cream, it's like you need to follow the instructions perfectly or like yeah. you're not gonna get an ideal product yeah. whatsoever. And yeah. people will know. It's definitely like science and those steps and like it's kind of what I think baking too is really important for like the first time through follow the recipe like Mm. exactly don't try and add extra salt salt messes with the freezing temperature Mm -hmm. too much cream messes with freezing same as like baking I mean I bake as part of making I like I make the cookies Mm -hmm. and the cookie dough so it's it's there um and you know it's gonna mess things up and then once you kind of get the hang of things then you can kind of figure out what works, mm-hmm. what you want to do, try some fun things. Yeah. So, yeah, that's fun. <laughs> so walk us through kind of your steps from when you left working for Stephanie Izzard. Okay. And then now doing your own thing, uh, yeah. making stuff from home. So I left there. I actually went to do sex after there, okay. um, which was fun. I was there for a short amount of time, but um, it was really cool and different things. A little more like fine dining okay. aspect. Um, also not deuces and regular deuces. Sex. Do sex in Pilsen, yeah. <laughs> um, and it was really cool. And I had a great mentor while I was there, so I loved it. Um, and then I kind of just was a little bit bogged down by, like, restaurant hours, not having any time off, Fair. long days. Um, so I left there and spent... My goal was a year of traveling. So mm-hmm. this was, like, June 2019. Okay. I left for... Denmark, mm-hmm. um, and kind of did Central Eastern Europe for about six months, Fine. and then I went to Southeast Asia for six months. Well, I planned on six months. I got stuck there mm-hmm. <laughs> in March, obviously, and I guess I kind of could have come back, but I was in Bali, which wasn't the worst place to yeah. quarantine, <laughs> so um, I kind of just stayed there hoping to ride it out because, you know, it was only going to last two weeks. Exactly. Um, and then I was there until about July 4th of 2020. Okay. Um, I flew back. I was like, I just want, you know, a lot of Indonesian kitchens don't have ovens, so mm-hmm. I was like, I really need an oven. Yeah. Um, and I had this ice cream idea, like, the whole time, and I was kind of just like, well, go back to the U.S., experiment, try some things out. I have, like, a network in Chicago. Um, I know the city well enough to kind of get an apartment during COVID without really looking at it too much. So I moved back to Chicago in August 2020, experimented a little bit, and then actually did a Bakers Against Racism bake sale with a friend, and I just donated some baked goods, Mm -hmm. and then someone reached out about a month later and wanted more of those baked goods, and I said, actually, I'm trying to focus on my ice cream business. Yeah. And she said, well, I'll buy some ice cream too then. <laughs> and that was literally, she probably has no idea, but she was my first customer. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I just kind of was like, I need a logo. I need an Instagram. And just kind of got, you know, made a website. Uh, my friend made a logo for me and, like, a color scheme yeah. and all that jazz. And I kind of just kept it going and kind of wanted to see how far I could make it work so um, the business side of it was just like one day just make a website make a logo yeah could was, go focus on the ice cream not on like putting out a business plan yeah. pitching to investors yeah no none of that none of that yeah <laughs> that was i i mean i just thought about it for so long and i'd read books like mm-hmm. in the couple of months that i was 
kind of in Chicago, not yeah. doing a lot. I was working for my brother online a little bit and, you know, so I was paying my bills, but I was kind of like needed, you know, yeah. wanted to just make a go of it. And I was like, you know what, we're just going to see what happens. And I think the first month I sold like 30 pints. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was super happy with that. I oh, was yeah. like, wow, this is great. Um, and I, at that point, when I sold to that first customer, I had some flavors, like, down. Like, I had recipes. Cool. Nice. Um, and, but since then, it's kind of just been, like, deviating off those recipes. Like, they're kind of my bases. And then I go from there. Cool. So, um, so, so it's kind of like really your week to week then. So you said you have, like, 15 flavors. Yeah. How do you kind of, like, plan out? Because you mentioned earlier it takes, like, more than a day yeah. to create ice cream. So how do you kind of plan out that whole... Like month, I guess, of like creating the batches and yeah. How are you gonna go about so um, I am kind of planning on July flavors right now, and so that's kind of I usually have kind of an idea depending cool. on holidays. Like I know a couple flavors I want to do for like December already, but like I don't have an extra. You know, I need mm-hmm. I don't need three, but I'd like three. Yeah. Um, I've got like two of them kind of in mind, and I'll just kind of you know probably think of one um you know between now and then um it does sometimes come down to the wire sometimes i'm like got it figured out um as far as the week goes it totally depends on orders almost everything is pre-ordered um and then i usually like make extra so if you order a pint of chocolate, mm-hmm. my ice cream machine holds three pints of chocolate. Okay. So I'm going to make three pints of chocolate. So I'm, I'm maxing that out. So then I have two extra. Mm-hmm. So if someone else comes along and orders chocolate, I can kind of weave that in. Um, this past week was absolutely insane. Okay, and it summer. Was, <laughs> yeah, summer and just like a little bit of marketing. And I... Um, it just like blew up very quickly and I was making, you know, ice cream orders at like 11 p.m. the night before Mm -hmm. it was like being finished. So it was a little bit insane and there was, you know, I was making ice cream each day and because I have such limited amount, I can freeze it once. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I'm trying to maximize that as much as possible as it's busier. So I'm spinning ice cream from the day before each day. Um... And then just kind of hoping (laughs) it's been working out. It's a little bit of a logistical thing, but it's kind of working out. And then I just hold it in my freezer, I think around New Year's or end of December with some Christmas orders. I was pretty quickly filling up my freezer. And then I was like, I need people to pick up their ice cream now (laughs) because I can't make more until they be, they pick it up and like I can't just have it you know sit yeah. on the counter or something but endless <laughs> amounts of time so so what's kind of the process for someone who buys it right so you said there's yeah. like pre-orders or you have some on hand if someone yeah. goes to your website what are they kind of expecting yeah so they um I use an ordering site um this guy I found through the Bakers Against Racism he mm-hmm. kind of has like a little shop storefront for me and he does it for cool. people all over the country which is awesome um, and that kind of like tracks my inventory and k- kind of automates some things to make my life a lot easier. Yeah. Um, in the very beginning, it was only by Instagram direct message. Mm-hmm. And it was just so much back and forth of like, do you have any allergies? What yeah. address? I need a phone number. <laughs> like it was, <laughs> it was a lot. Um, pick up or delivery. Um, so now people can just order off the website and 
and um, they go on, they pick what flavors they want, um, add them to their cart, and then they pay either Venmo, Zelle, or cash. Easy. Um, yeah, so it's very simple. And then, you know, they get an email that the order's confirmed and they've paid, and then if they pick it up, they pick it up um, from me, or it, I deliver it on my bike. So, um, it definitely a small business. Definitely trying to keep like costs down and, yeah. um, you know, it's helped me grow. I want to move into a bigger kitchen. So like every, you know, pint sold mm. goes towards that. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely, um, and they have like, uh, like, it's like ghost kitchens or shared kitchens, but I guess I don't remember the difference, but they have yeah. those around town, right? Yeah. Good access. Okay. Yeah, so I'm definitely, I've looked into a couple, um, they're expensive, I it's kind so. of like, there's definitely a hurdle to like kind of get into that because you're in this, I'm in this like in-between zone yeah. of like, I want to be in a bigger space, but like I kind of need the sales and I've, the whole time I haven't, I've been doing this, I've tried to make you know, like the profits go back mm -hmm. right into it. So like I didn't have labels for yeah. my ice cream until I could buy them yeah, with yeah, the profit, yeah. like something just as simple as that. Um, uh, or containers. And now I, I can buy like a 50 pound bag of sugar, which mm -hmm. is definitely cost saving me a lot of money rather than the five pound yeah. bags in <laughs> Jewel. Um, so yeah, it's just been like a, a major learning thing. I'm sure if I had a more set in stone, but anyway, sorry, these ghost kitchens, you pay for storage, you mm -hmm. pay, they're usually on the outskirts of, you know, yeah. the city because the large, you know, 700,000 square feet of space yeah. or whatever. Um, and they do have the like perks, I think just like being in a shared working space, you kind of meet and networking yeah. with other like-minded people. Um, but they're expensive and I would need storage for sure considering mm -hmm. I don't have a car and, um, it would be pretty far away to just bring all the ingredients back and forth. Um, but I am in the talks of like working with a restaurant and maybe using a space in off hours, which is definitely, if this works, would be really helpful. That's um, a, makes total sense. One of my friends, she had a... So it's called a pop-up, like in the Western Blue Line stop. Okay. So it's actually in the Blue Line. Oh, okay. And then she used to cook all her food, like prepare a lot of it at her friend's kitchen. Okay. And then transfer it to her little spot and then just like heat it up or take it out or whatever. Mm -hmm. And like now she stopped for about three months then got like an actual space across the street. Mm -hmm. I was asking about it like this week. I'm like, what happened there? She's like, it was just so much work. We just decided to like realign and then it's like, instead of trying to focus on people inside the blue line, mm -hmm. just open the restaurant across the street so more people will come there and don't need to worry about getting hot food across the blue line because yeah. they can physically cross the street. But the, the shared aspect, she's like, it was so nice from a pricing standpoint. Yeah. Like, I'm only paying rent, I'm not worrying about that kind of stuff. Yeah. But as you grow, it makes sense to yeah. have that. It's cool you have a partnership lined up already. Or yeah. In talks, it's, at least. Yeah, yeah, it's in talks. Um, hopefully it works out. Hopefully... Um, you know, it's quick and painless, um, but we'll see what happens. Um, and definitely, I mean, it's just baby steps. I'm definitely growing at my own pace, yeah. as my mom says. <laughs> so, um, but it's fun. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely learning a lot. So, I mean, that's, it, it's like 
kind of why I'm doing this. You know, it's a learning process. Yeah. Um, and I, if someone else is doing this, like, I don't think it would be nearly as much fun because I am a problem occurs and I'm like, how am I going to figure this out? You know? <laughs> so, um, it is, you know, definitely fun to just find, you know, have challenges come up and figure them out as they come. It's definitely the right mindset. I think a lot of people get excited. Like, oh, I'm going to start a business. I'm going to open, like, let's say like a restaurant or bakery. Like, they don't take into consideration the stress of like figuring stuff out. Yeah. Like even if you have someone like guiding you along the way, like stuff's still gonna come up where it's just like, I had to fix this problem because like yeah. it's my business. If yeah. I don't like yeah. what am I gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it, I mean it's it's really cool to hear like I'm had a Zoom call with this other girl that started a bakery mm-hmm. in um DC and cool. like we had such similar like just challenges um and it's so and she was grew way quicker um and you know it's just even still from like a small business standpoint the challenges are still there um i listened to this podcast how i built this a lot and i mean these are huge public companies and still they like face very similar challenges or i'm like oh that's a great idea Mm -hmm. like what if you grow that way instead of that way but like it's also not one size fits all. Like you never, even if I do the same steps as this girl in DC, like yeah. I'm not gonna be, you know, as successful. Or maybe I'll be successful in a different way. So it's it's definitely fun to just talk to people. Like for instance, it. I say like if you make this up, right? Like if you're charging like ten dollars for delivery mm-hmm. in town, like they have delivery ten dollars. Like who's gonna pay ten dollars for delivery for? Mm-hmm one pint of ice cream like oh I'll just get like enough to make it worth my while for $10 delivery yeah. like I don't have room for 20 like pints of ice cream in my freezer like yeah. I have room for like one or two yeah. yeah yeah so um yeah I mean anyone could do this it's not I don't think it's hard but I also kind of know how to make ice cream yeah. I have some business knowledge um and so like the kind of think it's the combination a lot of people try and start restaurants but like mm-hmm. they fail um because it's hard work, it's long hours, and they, in the end of the day, don't always know what they're doing. <laughs> so, and they have employees who have yeah. to, like, show up to work, especially yeah. these days. Like, oh my gosh. Everyone yes. would prefer to, like, not work because yeah. they can and yeah. stuff like that. Like, I've, uh, some of my friends work in the restaurant industry, and they've had people, like, walk out for the craziest things. Like, they'll get a phone call during work. So, A, they're answering a the call at mm-hmm. their job, which is probably not ideal. Like, oh, my dog got sprayed by a skunk. I have to go. And then that person just, like, never comes back. Yep. And, like, the restaurant owner, like, what are you going to do? Like, chase him yeah. down the street? Like, no, you have to finish your shift? Yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah. You're still an employee at will. You can leave at any time. Um, yeah, it's ridiculous. I've had, I've probably had some coworker or someone walk out of every restaurant I've worked in. Yeah. And it's just, like, it's just sad that it's normal. Mm-hmm. But that's the industry, and you just kind of have to work with it, I guess. One of my friends just started as a chef at, like, a pretty... It's, it's a step below fine dining restaurant, and he's that in his first week, like, a lot of people didn't like him. People quit because he was new, yeah. and they would just yell at him, and he just goes, hey, like, no big deal. Like, I'll just handle the problems. Like, his way of, like, handling stuff is, like, he'll just, like, let them uh, get over their stress and come back to him. Mm-hmm. He said five people apologized to him after, like, treating him like crap because yeah. he was new. Yeah. He's just, like, you just realize like you're invading their space like mm-hmm. doing what it is but like people always have their mentalities of what they want yeah yeah 
But uh, for you, so like, what do you kind of see long term for this? Are you gonna keep it boutiquey? Yeah, okay, I cool. would. Yeah, I would love to keep up kind of like the pickup and delivery. I'd love to get into like the FOMO markets. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of your know, like boutique little food gourmet yeah. stores. Yeah, I don't know if I'd ever have like a scoop shop or anything like Jenny's. I, it's cool, but I feel like it's also just like not me um and i kind of definitely want to do my own thing but you never know i mean i say that today but um who knows what will be you know there in a year so um and this was you know with covid too like things are evolving people i think that's one reason this worked is like people didn't want to necessarily leave their homes yeah so like delivery really worked um and it, it kind of made it possible and people were definitely all about supporting small businesses mm-hmm. so um it really it helped me out but now i think i've got a few people hooked so hopefully hopefully they keep going and because coming from like an ice cream perspective like i know what brands have liked from growing up it's the one that's around sale my mom bought but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like now it's like even when i go to jenny's people are like oh why didn't you like venture out and get something crazy i'm yeah. like I don't know. I just wanted to get ice cream yeah. that I liked. Yeah. Oh, and I was in line for 45 minutes and I overthought everything. I'm like, yeah. well, I'm just going to get what I know I for sure am going to like because like I've had it before. Yeah. And I'm in a lot of ways, I like walk in and I want to try the crazy flavor, mm. but in the end of the day, I end up getting something pretty basic, <laughs> um, which is sad, but Sometimes it's just like two, you know, for one flavor for me, like birthday cake, it's always like I want one bite and then yep. it's too sweet and I don't want any more. And I'm always afraid with like a new flavor that that's going to happen, <laughs> um, especially when you get like a lot of it. Uh, but I'm always impressed. My, a lot of the customers get like crazy weird flavors. Thai tea is one of them. Oh, I imagine like, that being like, pretty popular, yeah. It's it's good um but i think a lot of people also stay away from it because they're just like i don't know if i'm gonna like it or not um and it's kind of because i'm pints only Mm -hmm. it is kind of a commitment um so but i I do think it's really good flavor you just kind of have to commit to it um, cool anything else you want to leave our listeners with before we Um, sign off just uh, like it's probably cheesy but like i love you know hearing your thoughts um i love when you know customers tell me that they're excited to try my ice cream Mm -hmm. and um it makes my day it's definitely a little happy dance you know going on so i really enjoy it and that's kind of in the end of the day why i do it is to you know share good ice cream with you all makes sense so what's the website and your instagram for people yeah my instagram is ice cream girl co and then the website is the same ice cream girl co dot wood press.com perfect sign off on that thanks this episode is sponsored by stock manufacturing a top workwear creator for premium hospitality brands what started as men's fashion brand gradually migrated to designing and manufacturing custom workwear staff would feel proud to be seen in what makes a memorable meal the perfect staff what makes people coming back you ask it's never just a single element it's every thoughtful detail working in harmony to leave a lasting impression stock manufacturing partners with establishments of all sizes to create custom uniforms from front to the back of the house with roots in fashion and design and nearly a decade of manufacturing they have built a reputation as the outfitter of choice for exciting names in the hospitality industry including alinea 
which is the only restaurant in Chicago currently awarded three stars from the Michelin Guide. From a 300-room hotel to a 3 seat cafe, no project is too big or too small. If you use the code FFF20, which is short for Triple F20, you get 20% off your first order from their website, which is... stockmfgco.com also check it out and link in the uh, bio there's also a bio oh fuck man check out their website stockmfgco.com that's s-t-o-c-k mfgco.com or just type in stock manufacturing in your google chrome extension for the 20% off discount which is fff20 at checkout If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Pod Directory, or SoundCloud. That way, you'll get our latest episodes sent right to your device when they come out every week. For reference, those are all linked up right in the show notes. While you're in there, feel free to leave us a review. If you do, all I can say is two words. Endless gratitude. Writing reviews helps us understand how we can improve the podcast as we all continue along this fun adventure in fashion, fitness, and food.